Okay, Boker Tov, Shavua Tov, gentlemen. <coughs> Today's daf is daf Lamites in Sukkah. <coughs> Again, we learn for Forshlein for Yosef Asriel, Ben Chaim Michal, <coughs> and for Judy and Josh Grossman. Uh, that's uh, Yochevet Bas, Sarah, and Yaakov Yoshua, Ben Malka. <coughs> uh, <coughs> Now we'll start off with a uh, correction. The Gemara says many times, uh, I think on Thursday or Friday we mentioned, as uh, Avram came over to my house yesterday and pointed out, that uh, um, we said that my feeling was is that Anasha Mashiach and Anasha the way we say it by stopping in the middle, we say Anasha Mashiach twice, and then Anasha Mashiach maybe was. A, a mistaken custom that began some time by a chazan because the pasuk is one pasuk. is one pasuk. She should say the whole pasuk, then repeat the pasuk, not stop in the middle and repeat and then But in yesterday's gemara, we saw that even in Talmudic times, that was the custom that they would say and the people would repeat then they would say So apparently that's the way it was done. And as we said. The, the, the halacha of that halacha is, is only on Torah's Moshe. It doesn't apply to Nach. So therefore, if the rabbi saw fit or, or the Anshik Nesekdol saw fit to, uh, to uh, say a half a Pusik, which we do very often, you know, many times in davening, only a half a Pusik is quoted or a portion of a Pusik. You don't quote the whole Pusik. If it's a Pusik in Nach, that's acceptable. So we'll start again, with, this is where we left off uh, yet on yes, from yesterday's daf, the two dots on the seventh line on daf Lamites. Tana Rebbe, Rebbe, Tana, we learn like this in the Brisa. Rebbe Kovabot Varam. Rebbe repeated many things. Yesterday and the day before, we were talking about things that are repeated in Perakuf Ches, which is a big chunk of Halil, because the beginning of the, of the Perak has a lot of uh, inherent repetitions, even without us re- repeating itself. You know, you meant Hashem HaSachal, you meant Hashem HaMeim, you meant Hashem Savuni, Savuni, Dachon Sani, and we repeat many of the phrases are repeated in the Pesukim themselves. Yom and Hashem is repeated three three times, Anani Bamerchav Ka. A lot of these words are are inherently repeated, and therefore, um, the uh, that part is like automatically repeated. You know, Hashem Lo Amus, Mavis is mentioned twice there. So the Psukim themselves mention ideas or the same idea more than once. But from Otcha Hashem Lamata, that depends on the Minhagim. So here Rabbi said, Kofu Badvarim, Rashi says, May Ana Vahala, like we do. Ana Shemashiana, Ana Shemashlichana, like we had in the Gemara, right? You say Ana Shemashiana twice. So from that point on, he repeats everything. And then, of course, after Atzlichana, we go to Baruch HaBashem Hashem Menachem somewhere, we repeat the whole Pasuk as is. And so Rebbe repeated it from there on. Reb Lezben Parta Mosevot Varam. He added more. My Mosevot Varam. Mosevot Varam. Mosevot Even before that, from Ot Cholamata. In other words, the the Psukim that are inherently have repetitions in them, that's up to Otcha. From Mina Meitz, right? From uh, and then going on, and Menameitzer. Uh, from though all those psukim have inherent. We said the beginning and the end of the parak have the exact same pasuk, right? So a lot of these things are inherently repeated in the parsha, in the in that uh, paragraph, in that capital. 
but from Oth Hashem we don't. So here he says that Rebbe from On Hashem repeated it twice, and Rabbi and uh, Rabbi Yoshua ben Rabbi Rabbi ben Parta repeated it from Oth Hashem even before that. Most of Bahalu Mosef Lichbalk Vilasoshal Rebbe, he added on more than Rebbe. Rebbe only are not from Anashamashi and not going further down. And Rabbi Lozman Parta or Ben Prata repeated even from before. May Otcholamata like we do. We start saying at the end of the at the end of that the Chazan usually says Otcho Hashem Kini Son Vashur and then he repeats Mesa Shem Hoysazos, Evan Masa Bonim, right? Zayo Mashah Semnismo. That's all repeated twice. This is what Rabbi Lozman Parta did, and that's what we do. Most of my most by most of uh, like we do. So basically the whole paragraph is repeated. From there till the end we repeat everything is repeated either inherently or we repeat the posit. Alright the Mishnah said again if the minigah is le, to uh Yavarach and our Mishnah it just says to if the minig is Lavarach Lavarach some and some Mishnah's the gear says Lavarach uh Lavarach Bachrona afterwards. In other words, we start off hal with a bracha, we cross a halel, and then there's a bracha at the end. You're starting with the halucha shamakecha until melch melabatish bachos. That bracha at the end, if the minig is to do it, we do it like our minig is. If the minig is not, not. Omar by loshan lachrav. This that it's dependent on the minig is only the bracha that we say at the end of halal. Avalafonov, but at the beginning of halal, a shekshat zonah we cross a halal. That is a you have to avalafonov mitzvah bracha. It's not just an optional. It's just the minig, but it's a mitzvah bracha. Omar of Yudam Shmuel, famous. Line of the Gemara, we have this in Brachos in many places in Shaskal and Mitzvah School and Baruch Alan We learned in Brachos that whenever you do a Mitzvah, whenever you do a Hevanah from this world, that's when Berchas Nehenen, it's, it's improper to Hevanah without blessing God first. But all Mitzvahs that we do, whether it's taking the Lula, putting on Filin, all kinds of Mitzvahs that we do, you're supposed to make a Bracha before you do the Mitzvah. So, that, that is definite. That's not dependent on the minig. There's a minig, do we say the uh, bracha at the end, which we have adopted that minig, so for us it's like part of the halacha, but the, uh, the, the bracha that we make at the beginning, that's a bracha that you have to make on all mitzvahs. All mitzvahs, you have to make a bracha. So he says this lashon of over lasiasen. He doesn't say kodem. It would be a simple thing. All mitzvahs, you should make a bracha kodem. But he uses that lashon of over lasiasen, as you pass before, what does that mean? My over How do you know that over means before? That's what he means. Code them before. All right. So the famous this famous Gemara it brought down two ideas. Once ran through the plain and he passed by the kushi. In other words, he was behind him, and then he passed him and he went in front of him. So vayavar indicates he was in front of him. Abaya says a different pasuk mahacha. He went in front of them. Very simple. Over means like Very simple. The king passed in front of Hashem Baroshim. Hashem was ahead of all of them, right? So the last one, so are these just different psukim that are brought down? So that it Siv says that they're not exactly, not just different psukim for the same idea, but rather the first pasuk of Ayarach that he was behind him and he overtook him and then he ran in the front. Right, uh, meaning to say that the bracha you make, possibly you should make the start the bracha, right, while you're doing the mitzvah, and then finish the bracha before you finish the mitzvah, right, like that. In other words, meaning you pass it over, as if to say that maybe you break the bracha in the middle. In other words, you start off behind, maybe you started you're already doing the mitzvah, you make the bracha, and then you finish doing the the mitzvah maybe after 
you finish the bracha. So, so to speak, you, you pass it over and then, you fi- and then you finish it. So it could be that the first passing is indicating you can do the mitzvah or, or say the bracha while you're doing the mitzvah. In other words, because he started, didn't say he was in front of him. The other psukim that Abayah brings down is whoever lefneim, you went in front of them. went in front of them. It's mashma, do the mitzvah, do, say the bracha before you do the mitzvah. But from this, the first pasuk of Achimot, it could very well be that it's mashma, no, that you do the mitzvah, you say the bracha while you're doing the mitzvah. It says, it's not only there, but kodam a mitzvah, in other words, you start the bracha before you do the mitzvah, then you do the mitzvah in the middle, and then you finish the bracha. You finish the bracha, so to speak, you do the, you, you do the uh, mitzvah while you're doing the bracha. Not that you say the bracha first, and then you perform the mitzvah, but rather, you do the mitzvah while you're doing the bracha, like Achimotz over here, that you started in the beginning, and then you passed them by, and then, so to speak, you finished it. So, it's a little bit not so simple how you see it. Not everybody learns like the Mitziv. Others learn like the Mitziv and say, it's, uh, and the Mitziv comes out saying either way is okay. Either way is okay. Either start the bracha and then do the mitzvah and then finish the bracha afterwards or say the whole bracha before and then do the mitzvah. Others say, maybe it means the other way around, but it could also be, be that, that that's many times that the Mitziv says you could do it either way. Either way is okay. But many mitzvahs we find that we start the mitzvah even before we say the bracha. For example, the lulav. When we take the lulav, what happens? You pick it up, right? And as you're getting ready, either you hold it upside, you hold the asterisk upside down while you make the bracha, but you're holding it already. Tefillin. We put the tefillin on our, on our biceps, right? And then, as before we tighten it, we make the bracha, right? So many times, it, it's, it's like you're doing the bracha while you're in the middle of the mitzvah. So many times it works out that way, and either way is okay, but you should start the bracha at least, uh, you know, before you actually do the mitzvah, before you, before you start the mitzvah. Okay. Um, says the Mishnah. Uh, Brian? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian? Yeah. Uh, our challah, we, we shame Shem Bermachus in the first, in the first bracha, the bracha of Correct. Kodem, mm-hmm. but we don't Shem Bermachus in the, in, in, in the end. Correct. In, in the end. There's a difference in the brachas. That's correct. That's correct, because many times, if it's considered it, it, the same thing as in Shmanesrei, where we say the begin right, or or in benching, for example, um, if we start off with Shema Malchus and then the end of the bracha, we don't do it that way. Usually, when it's connected like that, that's the Gemara and Brachas that talks about when when things are connected, you don't do the Shema Malchus. So here also, uh, that we're, or you're going into another bracha in the case of Halu, we're not, but many times that's how it is. You start off with Shema Malchus and you end off without. Let's say now we get into Shemitah. This is exactly what we're talking about as we're about to enter Shemitah in a, in a couple of weeks, uh, three weeks, right? We're going to start the Shemitah year. So was there a problem with Esra and Lulav during Shemitah? That's an interesting question, right? So here's the Gemara deals with it. Rashi learns he has a gear, so not Mechavero, but it's Meyama Oretz. Because if you are a Talmud Chacham, Shomotar Mitzvahs, and, you, and you're buying it from your friend, your friend is presumably also Shavuotar Mitzvahs. So you wouldn't do business with uh, Perish Shvias, you wouldn't do business on Shemitah. So he learns that it's, that the gear says, Halukech, Luluv, Me'ama'aretz, B'Shvias. And Amaretz, who doesn't, he's not mocked about Adyongshis. No, that's just a basic idea, we're not going to get all the halachas of Shemitah. But in Shemitah, you're allowed to have Hanah from your fruits and your vegetables and everything grows around. You're allowed to eat that stuff. 
only until the time that it's finished in the field. When the, when the animal's finished in the field, you can have an awe. It's hefker for everybody. But you can't do business with it. You can't do business with this stuff because then that's exactly what the, what the Torah doesn't want you to do. The process says, to eat it, not for business. Now, what's the problem with doing business? You sell it. You sell stuff, right? If you sell stuff, you might keep the money and then invest it in something else. The money retains the Kedusha and you're going to keep that from year to year or after the time that the payer is supposed to be consumed in the field. And that's the Yisra Torah. L'ochel is v'lo You're not supposed to do business. Now, the Amaris is suspected of doing business with it. He is, he's not mocked about Hilcha Shmita. So therefore, you've got to be careful in your dealings with him because you, if, he, if, he, if you if you uh, buying Lulavim uh, if you buy Lula from a, um, we talk about Lula buying the whole set, let's assume, because we'll see the problem is not with the Lula, it's with the Esrog. But when you buy the, the set from the Amaretz, you're afraid that he's going to take the money and invest it, hold on to the money, keep it. The money now is Kedusha Shvias, when it was exchanged for the Paris. So the Paris are not Shvias, but the, but, the, but the money is. And he's going to use that money after the time that he's not supposed to uh, have Shvias in his house anymore, Shmita Protus in his house. And, and Rashi explains you're over in Lifneiver because you're giving him money which he may hold on to and use it later on when he, after the time that he's not supposed to have any Shemitah in his house anymore and his property. And he's going to use it so you should be very careful. So how are you careful? What do you do? When you buy a set of Lulav, Lulav means when you buy the set from, from an Amaretz, you should, from an Amaretz, the Amaretz should give you the Esrig as a gift, charge you a lot of money for the Lulav and the Adas from the Yorabos, but the esrog should give you as a gift. You can't buy it from Shemitah. During Shemitah, you can't buy an esrog from the Amaretz because he might keep the money and he's going to be over on doing business with Shemitah. And it's your problem because you're over in Lifneiver. So what should you do? You should ask him to give it to you as a gift. Uh, give me the esrog as a gift, even though we know the esrog is the thing that costs a lot of the money. But tell him whatever the price is going to be. He's going to charge you $100 for the set. Tell him I want to pay $100 for the Lulav and the Das from the Yorobos and give me the Esru for free. So the Mishnah says, now we're going to get into all, all those details. What happens? He doesn't want to give to you as a gift. He's not saying he not want to. And this goes to the idea that uh, Rashi also points out when I said that you're a, you're a Shamatar Mitzvah and you're buying it from an Amaretz. So he says that's what the case is because otherwise it wouldn't make sense. All right? If you're buying from another Shamatar Mitzvah, he wouldn't be selling to. Maybe it's talking about an Amaretz. Maybe the Mishnah is talking about Amaretz who's buying it from another Amaretz. So why would, why would, the, uh, why would the purchaser Amaretz uh, listen to you to suspect the other guy? He, he also doesn't care. I was learning the other day with my grandson about you know, the famous thing that a, a woman comes and says that her husband, she was overseas and her husband died. You believe her, right? Even though normally you need to aid him. Why? Because Isha Daikaminsaba, she's going to check it out carefully because she doesn't want to get married to another guy and then her original husband come home and she'll be messed up. Yes, that's fine if she's a Shamatara Mitzvah and she's worried about adultery and things like that. But when, you know, unfortunately, most people in the world today aren't concerned about these things, so obviously you couldn't listen because, you know, if they're on Maratzim or they don't, they're not Shamatara Mitzvahs, so Mitzayislam, they're not going to listen anyway. What do they care? So she doesn't care if she marries another guy. So she marries the other guy, comes back to this guy. She's not worried about that the halacha and the Torah, that it's going to be forbidden for her to live with the first guy and live with the second guy. So again, a lot of halachas are for people who are listening. So Lurat Salimah what do you do if the Amaretz says, listen, I don't want to drag me to with your rules of here about you want the Esrog for free? I'm not doing that. Lurat Salimah what do you do? 
Okay, very good. So this is really what the Gemara says. He's, he's supposed to ask him, give me the Esrik for free, right? Without asking him to increase the price of the Lula. But if he doesn't want to give me for free, so then tell him, fine, just, you know, uh, give me for the whole set. I'm not paying for the Esrik particularly. And we do have law, like, you know, like people who work, have to work on Shabbos. They're not paid, you're not supposed to get paid for Shabbos by itself. But if you get like a, uh, a gross salary for the whole week or the whole month, it's included, that's okay, because you're not being paid for Shabbos stuff. Here also, Mavlielo to Me'eskubaluv, just included in the Luv. In other words, the guy's, the guy's going to object if you say, listen, I'm buying it for you, can I have the Eskub for free? What, Eskub for free? You're crazy? The Eskub's worth all the money. All right, so charge me one price for the whole set, and, and I'm basically buying the set of Lulav, and it's included in that. Why can't he give it to him directly? So we've explained the Revelation of Why can't he just pay for the Eskub directly? Right, because you don't give the value of Paris of Shvius to an Amaaretz, as we said. Why? Because he might keep the money. He might keep the money and use it after the time when he's not supposed to have Shvius in his house anymore. He's over on the pasuk says the the that Shemitah food is supposed to be la'ochla, and we darsh not for schor, and he's going to schor at the tanya. You can give him money enough for, for Shabbos. In other words, Shabbos, you have three meals, so since even during the week, it's assumed that you only have two meals a day. But since on Shabbos, say three meals, they find three meals. In other words, if you're giving him, we're assuming now that the cost of the lulav is more than the cost of the three meals. So you're giving him more money that he would need for his immediate, uh, for his immediate uh, daily uh, food. And he's going to hold on to that money, possibly, and use it later on for business, and that's what's forbidden. Okay, so you're allowed to give him enough money for, for three meals. In other words, just for that day's uh, food consumption. Let's say you did. By mistake, you forgot. You paid too much money, and you gave him, for payers fees, you, you bought not necessarily estrogen, anything. You gave him more money than it would need it for a meal. You gave him a lot of money. You forgot. What do you do? Yomer, you should say, Haremos, hello, that I gave him, the money that I gave him, you mechulol, and I'll pay sheshli b'soch basi. Listen to this. The money that I gave him now is money of shvias, right? I bought money, I bought payers from him. The payers now are a chulin, and the money is, is, uh, is shmita money, is shvias money, as kusha shvias. So if I made a mistake, what do I do now? I should say the money that I gave him should be redeemed on payers that I have in my house, meaning the money should lose its Kedusha Shvius, and the payers that I have in my house, these payers, other payers, whatever payers I have, should be have Kedusha Shvius. That's what I should do. So the Mepharshim all grapple with this question. Okay, that's, how, how does that work? The money is in that guy's Rishus, right? If I have uh, something of Kedusha, like, like uh, my Sashedi, uh, money, I could be put that for food. I could take the food and put it in my Sashedi. I'm doing it for myself. This money is in that guy's hands. I gave him that money. How can I be put in? So Tosa asks the Kasha, and Tosa says, uh, some say that you could. Uh, it's, a, it's a machlokas if you can be machal or something which is in the hands of somebody else. So Tosa says, if you hold it, you can't, which is what the, seems to be the, the general opinion. So this is simply a knas. It doesn't really work. That poor, the, the Amaretz has, has, has money of, of Kedusha. But the rabbi said, since you made a mistake, you have to pay for it, and you have to pretend that it's the same value of, that you gave him. You gave him $100 worth of, um, of money uh, for those payers. You should take $100 worth of money of payers in your house and consider them shvius, and be knowing with them, kedusha shvius. you have to eat them, you can't do anything else with them, you have to consume them and be finished with them in the time that the, uh, 
that those pairs would be finished in the field. That's how Tosas learns. Others learn that there's other, other, other ways to get around this problem. Ridvoy says, says that um, when you're potent, you're potent with the, with the knowledge of the, of the Amarts. Amarts, who has the money that you gave him, you ask him permission. You say, listen, I, went, I made a mistake. It doesn't bother you anything. Just let me take, I'm going to, if you're, with your permission, I'm going to take that kedusha and be potent on fruits in my house. It's no, no skin off your back. You can use the same money anyway. Others say that, um, um, it's a question of hefker bez nefker. Sure, I'm not allowed to be mechalal. I can't redeem your hegdish uh, money that you have onto payers that I have. However, in this case, the rabbi said, in order that the Amaret should not come out using money that's shvias for schora, so they said there was hefker bez and hefker. They were mafkerit, and they gave you the ability to be potent. So that's what the Gemara says here. If you did, that's what you should do. Ubav on the Gemara. And after you're potent, you have to, that, that food in your house, either like Tosas because of a knas, or because you're allowed to be mechalet because the Amarits gave you permission or the rabbis were mafkerit, so you have to eat the mechdusha shvias. Now, when is all that? When do we say what? <coughs> you give them three meals and no more. You buy some. You buy uh, uh, produce from the guy. He had a big field. This Amar. It's in a big field, and it was basically hefker. But he, you're afraid that he would. Uh, it was hefker. Everybody says, "Oh, it's shmita." But he does some tricks. You know, he tries to sell something on the side. He shouldn't be doing that. You know, he was worried about the Besdin coming in and saying, "Oh, it's shmita." You know, it's shmita. The whole country has to be hefker. But he was playing some games on the side. So if you buy it that way. Then you could do three meals. But if you buy with, with, he was obviously, he was guarding his field and didn't let Aniyam in, he didn't let poor people in, etc. Meaning he was, didn't, he did not, uh, was, didn't observe the rules of Shemitah. You shouldn't give him any money at all. He had it locked up, he didn't let people in. Then you shouldn't do business with him at all. If he was basically looked hefker, but you were afraid, so just give him enough. Food. You can you can buy from him enough for one Shabbos, enough for meals one Shabbos. But if it's a guarded field that he's clearly being over on the halacha and he's he's uh, blatantly uh, doing business there, then uh, then you shouldn't give him any money at all. Even chatzias, you shouldn't pay. You shouldn't give him any money at all. Shouldn't buy any pairs with him from all. This is a tamachacham dealing with an amaritz. Master of Sheshis. So Shesh asks a, a, a different question first. For, before we get into the real issue of Lulav and Esrog, what is Shemitah, etc., right? Because, uh, you know, how we, we're dealing with it like now, and now in, in three weeks it'll be Rosh Hashanah. In five weeks it's going to be Sukkot. So where is this Esrog? <laughs> the Esrog is from Shemitah. The Esrog didn't grow in Shemitah, right? It takes a while for an Esrog to grow, right? Shemitah starts with Rosh Hashanah. So before we get into those details, the Gemara first deals with this question of buying it from Aretz. Says the Gemara for a minute, is it really the case you can only buy from an Aretz enough for three meals if you're buying it, uh, uh, Shemitah food from him for a minute? These are all kinds of uh, vegetables. Apigami calls that uh, um, rue, and here's the is, is, is uh, asparagus, Rashitim is a fenugreek, Golgoglos is another kind of... Uh, of uh, Rashi says that uh, pulfit, whatever that is, some sort of a vegetable, Baharam and, and mountain uh, coriander, carpet shemaharas, water parsley, vagargir, shall afa, the uh, meadow aruka, all these kinds of weird vegetables, pturmanamiser, they're potted from miser, 
Why are there pata from Meiser? Because Meiser is only something which is not Hefker. Hefker is pata from Meiser. Why? Rashi brings down the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Ubaha Levi, what, what do you do with Meiser? Meiser, you, you give all six years out of, the, out of the Shemitah cycle, six out of the seven years, you give it to the Levi. Why? You give it to him because he doesn't have a chelik and nachleimcha. So, he's got to take Meiser, but Hefker, he has a chelik nachle. He's entitled to take Hefker like everybody else. So, all these things are basically Hefker. They're potter from Meiser, therefore. And you could buy from anybody in Shemitah, um, apparently unlimited. There's no concern about any amounts. They're potter from Meiser because it's Hefker, and therefore it's Hefker. You can buy from anybody in Shemitah. Nobody guards this stuff. There's certain stuff which some people, Amaratsim, will guard. They'll be, they'll, they won't observe the Lachas of Shemitah. But this is not Nishmar according to anybody. But what do you see? It's Mashma. It's not limited to three meals. When you buy uh, when you buy stuff from Shemitah year, which is uh, from Manama Oritz, uh, it's not limited to three meals. And you said it's limited to three meals because otherwise he might keep the money and use it. It says, who most of the Mafarak Rav Sheshis asked the Kasha. He also answered it. Mon. Uh, just not, when he says over here, you can buy from an Amar, it doesn't mean unlimited. He means enough for the meals. Mon here means meals for one day. We're talking about enough for the meals. This is talking about only enough for the meals for one day, like three meals. How do we know that mon means meals, is a lotion of food? It says, in Daniel says, from the bread and from the wines. Notice here we're talking about food over here. He appointed the food, so over here means also enough that he, the, the food that's appointed for one day. And that's what he means over here. Uh, okay, so now, now we're going to get back into, so that just dealt with, you know, you shouldn't buy from Namara, it's the problems of buying from Mars. he might use it for, uh, for a schora, which is usher, etc., and incident, we also see that Hefker's putter from Meiser, fine. Okay, but it, the, the original kasha was that seemed from that last kasha that he could buy as much as unlimited. So he says, no, we're only speaking about uh, enough for one meal, uh, for one day's meals, three meals. But here we get to the question. It says, if you buy a set of lulav, you should tell him that Esther got one for free. Either give it to me for free or include it in the price because the Esther is a problem with Shemitah. What about the lulav? Lulav's not a problem with Shemitah. Lulav is also something that grows in the ground. Is that not a problem with Shemitah? lulav nami. So why isn't there a problem with lulav? So he says, I'll tell you why. Lulav bar shishis shvias. If you have a lulav, it didn't grow. If you're using it on sukkahs, it didn't grow in the last two weeks. It grew from before. So it's really from the sixth year. Here we're talking about Shemitah. Gemara is not dealing with it. In other words, mashma in the next year, in the eighth year, the year after Shemitah, you could have a problem, right, with an esrog. We'll talk about that. But we'll, talk, we'll also talk about, is there a problem with lulav at all? But at this point, the Gemara assumes that, yeah, there's a problem with the lulav, right? But the, but the answer is that there's not a problem when you're buying it in Shemitah, because it's from the sixth year. And you go according to the year that it started growing. A lulav, I mean, says, the lulav is from the sixth year going into the seventh year, meaning it's not Shemitah, it's from the sixth year. Well, the esrog also didn't grow in the last two weeks before Sukkot, right? You bought your esrog. It's clearly from the previous year. Esrog basulakitas leaning says, no, when it comes to Esrog, the year is determined by the year in which it was harvested, not the year in which it grew. Okay? This we get into this whole question of do you go by Slakita or not? And we're not even talking about the issue of Tubishvat. Unfortunately, we deal with that too. 
What do you mean? The new year is not Rosh Hashanah for fruits, right? Tu is the year. According to Beishamah, it's the beginning of Shvat. According to Beisil, it's Tu B'Shvat. So the Forshim say this is a complicated issue, and it could be that that's as far as the tree goes. So if, is, the, is the tree a tree of Arla, or Yechayv and Meiser, Meiser, Peiris, or Drabonam? That could be goes according to the year of Tu B'Shvat. But here we're talking about the individual fruits, are the fruits considered from the from this year or that year? That could go go by Rosh Hashanah. That's one answer. Or the answer is that esrog is different. Esrog is different than all other uh, fruits. Other fruits, yeah, and go by tubishvat. Fruits from trees grow a tubishvat. When it comes to esrog, esrog goes by Rosh Hashanah itself, like we have now. So here we're dealing with the question: Is wait a minute, a lulav is not a promise shmita? Why? Because the lulav must be from the sixth year. So esrog also is from the sixth year. It didn't just grow now. No, Esther goes according to when it was harvested. So presumably maybe it was harvested right now before Sukkot in the year of Russia, in, in this current year, the year after Rosh Hashanah begins. So Esther goes like he tells him, says, wait a minute, where do you get that from? are going to argue, we're going to see by Esrog, for Esrogim is a fruit, and you have to give Meiser on fruits, so there, right, there's a machlokas over here, whether you go according to the year in which it grew, the year in which it blossomed, it started growing, or the year in which it was harvested. But everybody agrees that when it comes to Shemitah, in terms of Lachzah Shemitah, it goes according to the year in which it blossomed. Esther goes according to the year in which it blossomed, meaning it was in the sixth year. So we're not dealing, if you're buying, getting an Esther now before uh, Sukkot, and which was just was, was uh, harvested now, so it's, it, was, it started growing in the sixth year, so it's also not a problem of Shemitah at all. And Hanami, if, if it was, now we know that our, the stuff that we get today, the Esrim we get today, were not harvested after Rosh Hashanah, they were harvested before, so you could have a problem, right? So, so if it's in Shemitah year, the, the, in our current situation, the Esrim that we have were not picked, they're not going to be picked after Rosh Hashanah. They're probably already picked and waiting in shipments and refrigeration and stuff like that, right? Now, but if, if it was picked afterwards, uh, that would be a problem if you hold Basr, that it goes according to picking. But the Gemara says, Reverend Leon or Blazer, who both argue in terms of Miser of Esro, they argue whether it's according to the year it was uh, blossomed or the year which it, let's call it the year in which it started growing, the year in which it was harvested. But when it comes to Shemitah, everybody agrees that it goes according to the year in which it, it started growing. Ditnan. Esrog Shavalilim begin with Esrog is like regular trees in three ways. Liyarik and like vegetables in one way. Shavalilim, it's like a tree. Begimel drachem. What is that? Arlo Ravai and Shemitah and Shvias, which is Shemitah. Arlo Ravai's meaning that it goes according to the year in which it started growing. Right. That's what the. This is what uh, Rabbi Gamliel says. Right. That an esrog is the tree goes according to the year it started growing. Uli Yerik It's like vegetables in one way. Why? And Rashi explains that Meiser Paris is drabanan. What's which meiser is Doraisa? Only goran, meaning the five grains, and uh, shemen and uh, wine, right? That's Doraisa. And the goran yekav, that it goes according to the year in which it started to grow, a third of it grew. And why? Because that stuff grows on most water. Most water means rainwater, rainwater. But vegetables, which need more, which means kolmai, meaning they need. Uh, vegetables need irrigation as well. Rainwater doesn't do it all. That goes according to basolik. That goes according to the time that it was harvested, not according to the time that it, was, it grows. In other words, you learn out Paris in general from the Doraisa Meiser and the Doraisa Meiser of the grains and wine and shemen that grows. That grows based on um, uh, that grows based on rainwater. 
and there those have uh, those are uh, harvested. Th- those they're, they're, they're the rules of uh, Arla, Ravai, and Shvius, etc. Those are basar uh, basar chanata. But the uh, those are basar chanata. But when it comes to um, the vegetable, when it comes to um, vegetables, the rule is since they need irrigation, they're not like the other things that are doraisa meiser, and therefore they go according to the time that they were harvested. And presumably, since they need a lot of irrigation, you go according to the most recent thing. The recent thing is the time that they were harvested. That's Rabbi Gamliel says. Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Lazar Omer, Esher Everything. It's like you know, in all sets. In other words, even when it comes to meiser. It also goes according to the time that it started growing and not according to the time that it was harvested. But everybody agrees that when it comes to Shemitah, the, the Machlokas is by Meiser. By Meiser, do you go, does, does an Esri go according to the time that it was harvested or does it go according to the time that it started growing? But when it comes to Shemitah, everybody agrees that it goes according to the time that it started growing. So just like the Lulav now is from the sixth year, Esri is also from the sixth year, that's when it started growing. The answer is Huda Amar Artana, who says that the Esrog is an Esrog of Shemitah, goes like the following. Huda Amar Kihai Tana, the Tanya. We have Machlokas as follows. Amar Biosi. This is that Aftumas Heyer. Aftumas gave testimony. Mishum Chamishas came in the name of five, five elders. Esrog Achalakita. Esrog is according to the time that it was harvested, right? Lemaiser. Not for Shemitah. He says Lemaiser. For Abbasenu and our rabbis, Nimdabusha and Usha, they took a vote. Amru, Bain Lemaiser, Bain Lashmita, Bain Lashviyas. Whether it's for Maiser or Shviyas, it goes according to the time of harvesting. So, Gemara says, Shviyas, Mandakash, made Tanakama, didn't say anything about Shviyas. Tanakama said, Thomas said in the name of five Skanim, Esther goes according to the time of harvesting for Maiser. Doesn't mention Shemitah. So, why do you say over here, Bain Lemaiser, Bain Lashmita, Bain Lashviyas? Like the opinion we had before. Then when it comes for Shemitah, Esra goes according to the time that it was started growing, which would be the sixth year, if you harvest it in the seventh year. And that's where he says that Artana that says that an Esra is an Esra of Shemitah says why? Because it was harvested after Rosh Hashanah. And when it comes to uh, when it comes to the halachas of esrog for shemitah, it goes according to shas lakita, right? The kasi gevamer esrog basu lakita bein lemaiser bein l'shvias, and our tana goes like him. Not that the issue is meiser. Meiser is not our issue over here. Meiser, we said before, is a machlokis, and some say this way, some say that way. Basu lakita, but he says that even for shemitah goes according to the shan shemitah. So what are we saying? That lulav goes according to the time that it was it, that it started growing. But Esra goes according to the time of Lakita. So even though it started growing in the sixth year or the fifth or the fourth year, because it was on the tree possibly for more than one year, as we've learned before, but it was gathered in after Rosh Hashanah, and therefore our problem is, what do you do with the Esra? And therefore don't pay, don't pay for the Esra. If you're buying an Esra of Shemitah, you have to not pay for the Esra directly. You have to include it in the cost of the Lulav, and that's how you get around it. But what about the Lulav? Right? Time of the Lulav, Barshish Shemitah, we say, wait a minute. We're going to get, well, this we'll get into tomorrow, Mitzvah Shem. The Gemara says, wait a minute, okay, fine. Uh, so why, do, why don't you have to worry about Shemitah when it comes to Lulav? Because the Lulav is from the sixth year. It's not from the seventh year, right? That's your problem, right? But if it would be of Shviyas, it would be Kadosh. It would be a problem. But a Lulav is just, is like basically wood. There's no issue of Shemitah. Shemitah is on fruits and vegetables, right? Not on wood. And, and this is just simply wood. So, uh, so what's, what's the deal there? So the Gemara is going to deal with that. Lemaisa, Lemaisa, even though the, um, sh- there is 
uh, in those days, the, when the lul- what were lulavs used for? If it wasn't not on sukkahs. What was it used for? It was used basically as a broom, and therefore we'll see that it had a lach of shmita, and it was something that people could have an off from right away. And we'll see in the Gemara. The Gemara is going to talk about that. The things you have from a not right away, like like uh, like oil that you use to uh, for for lighting. Or something you're going to eat. You're going to eat the oil or drink the oil or anything you're going to eat or drink. Or something you use up as you're using it, like a broom, which gets used up as you use it. There, then Shemitah does apply to that. To, to, for, if it's used for firewood, then it doesn't. That we'll talk about tomorrow. But <laughs> incidentally, Rabbi Shlomo Paskin is that today, since nobody uses, <laughs> nobody buys a lulav and uses it for a broom. People buy brooms at the hardware store, right? They don't use it for a broom. <coughs> so in our time, it has no aloch of Shemitah. It has, not, it has no Kedusha Shviyas. It has no Kedusha Shviyas. And the same thing with Adasim and Rabbas. Adasim and people don't buy the Adasim for B'Samim. People use other things for B'Samim, right? They use uh, spices, uh, other kinds of spices for B'Samim. They don't use it for that. And therefore, it has aloch like, just like wood. And therefore, it doesn't have aloch of Kedusha Shviyas. All right, we'll get into this tomorrow, talking more about uh, the lulav and wood, etc. Have a good day, everybody. Shavua Tov.